Roger. Yeah, I think it's pulling the wrong one. I'm just, okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Live to tape here on the Executive Buffet Network featuring me, Jimmy Jackson, a.k.a. Jason Pepperhouse, also known as Kevin Tipcorn here, the owner-operator driver of Daddy's Big Red Truck and the overseer lord of the Executive Buffet. So please pick up the brass tongs, take a step up to the buffet, grab what you need, then grab a seat, and we're about to take a nice, sweet-ass drive through the country here in Daddy's BRT, also known as the Rig Bed Tuck. Yep. Today we have an amazing repeat guest on the podcast, one of my favorite, most smartest, interesting people that I know. His name is Shane Moss. You've probably heard of him. You've probably listened to him many times, and now you can hear even more greatness expounded from Mr. Shane Moss. Uh, if you'd like to have more involvement with the podcast, check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash live to tape. Patreon.com slash live to tape. You can also email the podcast anything pertinent. That's live to tape podcast at gmail.com. That's live to tape podcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, check us out on Twitch. It's twitch.com. TV slash just my nipples. That's twitch.tv slash just my nipples. This particular podcast today was recorded live on Twitch. So if it sounds weird or uh, you hear us referencing that or interacting with people, that's what's going on here. And the, the goal, the eventual plan for this podcast is to make this a podcast that you watch live on Twitch and have access to later, like you are doing right now, but eventually. It will be a live podcast like like that. that. Without any more explanation, here it is. My wonderful conversation with the extraordinarily interesting and beguiling mastermind, Shane Moss. Hey, how are you? Good, man. I was just listening to your podcast today about narcissism, the uh, recent ones. That was a fun one. That's cool because I've been thinking a lot about that recently because I sort of like finally just figured out like, oh, Trump is just a narcissist. 
Yeah. That's all he is. It's, it's just a like, grandiose it's, narcissist. It's yeah. like really, really simple now. If you think yeah. of those terms, it's, really, uh, <laughs> it's almost underwhelming now. <laughs> it really is. You know what I mean? It, it's it's the, the one of the biggest things, and this is a, you know, probably unfair, unpopular take, but we're right. from the same area, and my... Uh, originally, me being from uh, side of La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh-huh. and about 45 minutes from Rochester, Minnesota. And I was, uh, you know, always concerned about the people that were supporting him, the people that were like, yeah. oh, I buy into the idea that this guy, like y- you and I, two people like from the area that know those people that uh-huh. don't like Trump were like, uh, uh, coastal elitists or something yeah, like yeah, totally. like that, and and he's this guy that identifies with with them. I did a hundred and uh, I, I did about uh, I, I did at least ninety cities in two thousand nineteen. Jesus, M- many of them rural cities. Right. I've been working the road for fourteen years. I mean, I I. I guess I I wouldn't proclaim to be an expert in much of anything, but I think I know rural people yeah. all right. I don't think that Trump had ever gone to a rural area ever before. No, probably not. This. He's like a city guy, hardcore city guy. <laughs> and so that's that's kind of the that's always been the odd concern. I got a. I got this amazing email from my grandma a while back. I, was, that I was, thought you were about to say I got a crazy email from a fan because I know you have like some some kind of like crazy, creepy fans who uh, will send you stuff. People who are like losing their mind down. kind of shit. You told me about yeah. that, uh, well, maybe six months ago, a guy who was clearly having some sort of a massive, <laughs> like fully psychotic that, breakdown. Yeah, that yeah. was... So because I have a... One of the things that I do, I like to think of myself as like a science communicator-ish, yeah. I guess. Well, you are. It, it feels weird saying right. that. But um, but I, I'm maybe even more known for psychedelic advocacy, which to me is a smaller part of my life, but I have a documentary about it and, and this and that. And so, and so I have like a lot of people from the psychedelic community that are also tend to be toward this conspiracy crowd. Yeah. And so, and, and pandemics as has happened throughout history, when pandemics happen, there's like quite predictably like 30% of the population is like, it's a hoax or whatever. And, uh, and so, you know, I just started getting attacked really early on at the beginning of this thing from like a ton of like my own fans and stuff for having like infectious disease people on my show. It's almost like a disease itself because it's it's almost like if you're getting attacked by your own fans, that's the same as having an autoimmune disease. (laughs) It's like a a societal manifestation of an autoimmune disease where – the thing that's supposed to be supporting you is attacking you because it doesn't have anything else to attack, so it attacks the thing it knows. Like, yeah, man. yeah, that's that's a really good <laughs> metaphor, and yeah. I, and I want to be really careful to say that you know this is also my own negativity bias. This is still a small percentage of of, right. of people. Like oh, mo- I... most of the psychedelic crowd isn't in conspiracy stuff. 
Mo uh, I mean, especially the, 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 my science fans aren't into any of but that at all. But you hear the loud ones. And you always hear the loud ones because yeah, you just do. It's like we're all like we're, some of us are so programmed to see the, the negative thing. It's like when I was selling those T-shirts a few months ago, I sold a <laughs> shitload of them, right? It was really hard to fulfill them because the printers were taking a long time. It was right when COVID shit was bad. Like, you know, stuff was actually backed up in terms of orders. And we did a pre-order system, so we had everyone order first, then we had them printed. I think a lot of people didn't understand that. So it took like a good four weeks for us to fulfill the orders. But there was like maybe four or five people who sent me like these nasty messages. And I felt so like defensive. I realized that's just like four people of hundreds of people who bought them. Everyone yeah. else is fine. They get it. They're chill. But there's like these idiots and assholes and the combination of two that just ruin it and makes puts you on the defensive. And you're like, oh, wait a second. These people are not, these are the exception. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's been interesting. And and uh, you know, along along with that, I've been, you know, I think many of us, including myself, are a bit fragile right now, oh, especially think? like yeah. live performers. I mean, and we don't stuff have like that, that constant so. reinforcement of the thing that, <laughs> that makes us who we are. The thing is, like, for years and years, for like over a decade, the thing I've been doing more regularly than literally anything else, mm -hmm. having been taken away from me in a way that like I can't really make up for it. Like this is the right now what we're doing is about as close as it comes, and this is like twenty percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. it's it's not just i mean first off stand-up is going to be the last thing to come back in a meaningful way other other than like large concerts or like stadiums yeah. but you know people are still able to like play like what what i mean is is you could say covid didn't exist and you were and you were like at our restaurant all of the tables are 10 feet apart so yeah. you're nowhere near any i'm like sold that's a selling point you right. know great uh, or or a jazz club same thing like mm -hmm. oh you mean i get to like take a, a date and have like this intimate like private booth and not be like elbow to elbow with strangers right terrific but but if you if you took the layout <laughs> of like what these like COVID like these outdoor and distant shows are if if COVID didn't exist and you explained that to any comedian especially a working like road comedian well, fuck no, you got it all like wrong, that, man. that's not gonna work <laughs> like if I, you're just so you're just taking the opposite of everything that we know yeah so all like low ceilings higher ceilings together all that stuff yeah. that's worked forever Oh, we're gonna, we're just going the opposite direction. We're just taking whatever Todd Glass says to do and doing the opposite. <laughs> and so, yeah. and, and and so then there is, so you know, for for me, a lot of this has been really exciting and interesting in a lot of ways, and I'm right. taking like really good care of myself, and I'm working on all these like personal development things, and there's aspects of it that are absolutely terrific, but. Uh, uh, on the other hand, like comedy isn't just like, I didn't just lose a job. Uh, this is like, this is my career. Your beard this is, is telling us all this stuff. <laughs> this Your is, like, is like basically telling us the story. This, this man doesn't have a career. Yeah. It's funny how the beard thing, because I saw that guy from Twitter, the guy who runs Twitter, Jack. Yeah. He has a beard that's even 
crazier than yours. Like, it looks really? like he's in the mountains, like a fucking Yunnan province, picking tea leaves or some shit. You know? <laughs> he looks like he's truly OTG. Off the grid. Off the grid, that is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I mean, this is this is something that, like, I dreamed about since I was 10 years old. It was, like, the yeah. reason I didn't kill myself in middle school was, like, this dream that I pursued. Right. This was... This is like my network of of people. These are my these are my friends. These are like how I uh, interact with women, you know. Oh, and, man, uh, okay. and it's it's the whole thing. And not only that, it's it's like it's. I think that I'll be okay when this is over because I had fortunately transitioned out of comedy clubs right uh a few years ago i don't know that comedy yeah, i kind of transitioned are, are too out to... of comedy clubs yeah i just yeah i transitioned yeah <laughs> um yeah man i, I just transitioned well, out of clubs that was my thing i, I... well honestly you know i just watched your um your uh all i was listening all about your poop and your rectum oh um, my the thing for I sent you an the, hour the first rhythm. yeah yeah I, I loved it and uh and that's you know, more of my style now of doing like these themed things and yeah, doing man. like more like fireside chatty, it's casual, so it's way better. thoughtful, like it more too. meaningful. Um, and that just doesn't work as well in a comedy club. It definitely and... does not work as well. I've done it a couple times with Duncan. And even then it was kind of like, you know, it's, um, it's, not as good as other places right and so you know it's uh i i think that i might be okay after all this but mm -hmm. this is like i don't know how many comedy clubs are even going to exist they'll, they'll start right back up again yeah. and the, like and and there might you know a, a real innovative uh government could be like we're having a very like specific small business economic task force that if you had to hit the pause button and we're shut down, but you can show that you had 10 years of profitability before this, you get like this incredible loan plus a stimulus, this and that, because sorry, we that, want you within the economy. That's and like kind of a too, too good of an idea to the, any government implement, except for like Sweden, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't see it as a real uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't see it happening and, and I don't, I don't see the distance shows. They're just, uh, they're like a compromise. Mm. It's nice to do something. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's happy to do something, but yeah, when it comes down to it, it's just doesn't, it doesn't fucking, uh, what's the word? It doesn't, um, uh, the cup, uh, what's, uh, it doesn't move the needle. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't move the needle. I'm not sure it pays the bills yeah, either, that too. at least for very long. Yeah. And, and so, so yeah, it's it's this? funny that that my my whole career mm -hmm. I've I've like almost been allergic to money in, in in the fact that like I've never I've never chased. And early on, I mean, I I don't have these same opportunities that I had early on in my career. But early on in my career, I look back because it's embarrassing. I caught all these breaks in like, you know, 2007 to 2009. Yeah, I remember reading about you in, the, in some magazine. I was working at Fox. I was like, oh my God, it's changing this. Uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I was like, 
taken to all of these different studios and things like mm -hmm. that to be like, you got any TV show ideas? I was like, no, I don't know. I'm interested in doing stand-up comedy. God, and... isn't that funny to think about that now? <laughs> it is. And then they were like, well, what TV do you like? I'm like, I don't really like TV very that, that's much. That's the craziest <laughs> thing about so much stuff in entertainment is people who get chased the most are the ones who have no interest in doing the thing they're being chased about. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like anything where it's just... Uh, it's this great universal irony where the people that they, the people who get hired the most, there's obviously sometimes there's, there's a co certain like coefficient to this, but if, to me it feels like it's like that old thing from the Old Testament, maybe maybe it's the New Testament, but the whole like um, God helps those who <clears throat> help themselves. Mm -hmm. If you replace God with uh, Hollywood, it's kind of like if. Um, a lot of times it seems like Hollywood just wants to, oh, you're doing it on your own? How much do I have to pay you to do it for me? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It feels like what it is a lot of times. And a lot of people are like, yeah. oh, you'll pay me? I don't have to work as hard? Fuck yeah. But some people are like, ah, no, I'd actually rather just do it my way because that's just, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. And, and now, now that I actually would, and I have, like, pitch things in recent years uh you, you, like i'm interested in doing docuseries type yeah. stuff i made a documentary it was my first one i liked it and learned a lot and if i had like an actual budget like wow the things that i could do but uh and, and now like many of those doors have you know you get that mm -hmm. you, you get those little little blips and they, and they happen throughout the career and everything else but it's it's funny to get the blip when you're just like, yeah, fuck you, not interested. And then a few years later, be like, um, remember when I said, uh, fuck you, what I meant was, I, I have was, some uh, terrific you fuck, ideas. You fuck good, man. You're, you're a fucker. You fuck, dog. Let me hear uh, about this email from your grandma that you were just about to mention. But oh, man. Else. Should I pull it up? Is it a Trump it's, email? It's amazing, yeah. Yes. It, it's, uh, I just watched this really great Trump... Maybe I can pull this up at the same time, actually. While you pull it up, let me show you this thing I just watched on YouTube today. While you pull up this... Um, while you pull this video up. I've, my friend sent this to me. His, his uh, wife is... A, her parents are Egyptian immigrants, okay? And um, he sent this to me. I think there's a way I can fucking minimize. This is what I love about doing this stuff, man. It's like I can fucking like move these windows around and shit. And we can like... I don't know. In a way, this is almost like cooler than any podcast you could possibly do because we can like talk about shit. I can pull up any any song, anything ever in the history of time. I can fucking pull it up. Right. If I could just make this window fucking smaller. Okay, hold on a second. There we go. So check this out. Can you can't see this? Can you? Unless you're watching the stream. No. Uh, this is this um song from Egyptian guy. So ridiculous. We're not going to listen to the whole thing. It's terrible. Can you believe this shit? I, I can't hear anything. Okay. You, if you look at it on Twitch, you could see it. Oh, hold on. Do you have a Twitch window open? 
I'm going to keep playing it for the, for the listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. How long it is, too. I mean, it's trash. It's fucking trash, but it's some Egyptian guy. And half the comments are uh, in Egyptian, I guess, or whatever. It's Arabic. And it's like, man, that shit just blows my mind when you see, like, a very specific foreign country, like, yes, Trump. We are for Trump. It's like, you're not. I know. Did you see the thing that that like Bin Laden's niece yeah, went on Fox News? Endorsed Biden, to... right? No, oh, no. Sorry. She, okay, go ahead. She said, "Well, my understanding of it, she went on Fox News, and like the story was, she's like, I I face more stigma being a Trump supporter." Than being Bin Laden's, but she is a Bin. She is a Trump supporter. Yeah, she was like complaining about the unfair stigma. Wait a second, because didn't didn't uh, Al Qaeda or uh, I'm not Qaeda, but the Taliban, the Taliban endorsed Trump, right? Trump, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on, man? This is insane. Keep forgetting about that. All these people are like, could you imagine if the Taliban endorsed Obama? Could you even imagine? The I insanity know. of that? That would be like the fucking, that would be like a gift. A gift, like a special, you know those big gift baskets people give on Christmas who are super wealthy? They have like a bunch yeah. of pistachios and a couple bottles of wine and <laughs> cookies you've never seen before. That's like the the gift, like a thousand of those equivalent gift baskets to Fox News. If <laughs> the I Taliban know. endorsed Trump. Ugh. It's so crazy. Did you want to get his letter? email? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. This is from uh, your grandma. Now, this is a grandma, mom or dad, and where does she mom. live? Uh, mom in Lansing, Iowa, about a city of about thousand people. Wow. And um, her name's actually Karen. So. Oh that's my great. God. This is. <laughs> it's too perfect. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. The rowboat comes for you. That's the title of it. This is like one of those copy and pasted like. Okay things chain yep. mail things it's amazing she goes uh but she start. she goes uh th- this may be the best or whoever wrote it this may be the best most honest political promotion statement you will ever read it decidedly does not brush objections aside you hate biden read it you hate trump read it you think there's no choice read it and read it with your grown-up hat on. <laughs> this is so awesome already. There's a lot of like, you must read this thing before it gets to it. It's amazing. Just uh, it, it, We've all been dealt a huge responsibility this election. The first step toward accepting responsibility is accepting it. And the first step toward accepting it is recognizing it. Wow, that really just said Ooh, some cool. profound stuff. Read this. Read every single word. Uh, it'll take you about three minutes. Be sure to read to the end. 
and then in parentheses, take a few minutes and read all of it. <laughs> it's almost like someone kept adding it with the chain and added like, I'm going to add one more piece of emphasis here to read it, please. Okay, here. so here it comes. All right, here's the meat. Are you? This is for me. Are you sickened and despondent with the current campaign and upcoming presidential election? I consider myself a conservative and do truly believe our country is a political, economic, moral, and social crossroads. Uh, is at those crossroads. Right. I, I need to let you know I could and would never vote for Joe Biden to lead this country to me. He represents everything that is wrong with our current political structure. On the flip side, I look and listen to Donald Trump and I cringe at every rude, insulting comment he makes. This is like, this is, so this is like what you're sending around your church people to be yeah. like, well, okay. So um, if you find yourself in a similar state of mind, Please read the following article. Like, Keep oh, Jesus. <laughs> so here it is. A message for Christians about Donald Trump. There's a famous joke about God and how he talks to us. And in parentheses, a deeply faithful Christian man is stuck on a roof at a home with massive flooding up to the second floor. Rowboat comes. He says, no, I'm waiting for God. I Ooh. prayed and I know he's coming. A second rowboat comes. No, I'm waiting for God. Third rowboat. No, I'm waiting for God. Water rises. The man drowns. Now he's meeting God in heaven. The religious man says, where were you, God? I prayed. I was faithful. I asked you to save me. Why would you abandon me? And God says, hey, I sent three rowboats. Oh. First off, can we just appreciate how solid that joke is and yes. all that joke structure? And we're all just buckled over in the pews right now. Uh, okay, now uh, get, uh, make sure and hold your hold your skull cap on. Okay. It's about to, your mind's about to be blown here. Did you ever consider Trump is our rowboat? <laughs> <laughs> maybe god is trying to tell us something important that now is not the time for a quote nice christian guy or a quote gentleman or a typical republican powder puff wow <laughs> maybe now is the time for a natural born killer a ruthless fighter. My grandma's like 85, by A natural-born uh, killer? <laughs> yeah, a ruthless fighter. A warrior. Because right about now, we need a miracle. Where America is finished. I mean, I kind of, uh, not totally off on, on yeah. <laughs> Maybe the rules of gentlemen don't apply here. Maybe a gentleman and and quote, all around nice Christian would lead us to slaughter. So this is them like justifying, yeah. abandoning everything they've believed their entire lives. Mm -hmm. um, or, or do you want another Mitt Romney, Bob Dole, John McCain, Gerald Ford, or Paul Ryan? Did any of them win? 
Did they take the GOP to the promised land? Did they change the direction of America? No, because if you don't win, you have no say. Paul Ryan couldn't even deliver in his own state, Wisconsin. But didn't nice. some of those guys did win though, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they but, did, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had pretty successful political Paul, careers. So Paul Ryan couldn't win in his own state of Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is wait, this is biting here. Um, nice, but obedient. I mean, Paul Ryan, not my dog. <laughs> my dog is actually a pretty good defender and loyal. What's that even Snap. mean? Not my dog. It just says Paul Ryan couldn't even deliver his own state, Wisconsin. And then it says nice, but obedient. Mm -hmm. I mean, Paul Ryan, not my dog. I it's, Jeez. listen, it, it, this is, this is uh, Johnny. I hate to say, it, but this is just such high level comedy. Uh, yeah. that like it would be hard to break down kind of the mathematics. Of yeah. All, it's all pretty, of uh, it's, it's super complicated. I just don't have, that kind of, <laughs> I don't have that kind of uh, ability to think about multiple things is the problem. <laughs> this is, I forgot how long this is. Maybe God is knocking on your door loudly, but you're not listening. Maybe God understands we need a war leader at this moment in time. Maybe God understands if we don't win this election, America is dead. It's over. The greatest nation in world history will be gone. Finished. Kaput. Adios. I think that was like a nod to the. Uh, I, that was a. I wasn't expecting the like Kaput. ethnic nod. Yeah. Either. <laughs> like. What, you Just know. So you know this is... I love Mexican food. I love Mexicans. <laughs> Adios. Adios, amigo. That I means goodbye. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually had a, have a Russian friend, and he made some of these. He made pierogies. He makes them every year. I look forward to them. I, I, I love them. They're good. I, have, I look forward. To I actually that. love soul food. There's a black man in our uh, nearby, and he makes. Oh, that actually. We always happened. tip him extra because we know it's very hard for, <laughs> for people doing that. So. Don't tell me. <laughs> that, that, is, that is the it, it, it's so like the the position is it, it, and this is and this is why you can't just like straight up say like super racist things if you're yeah. Trump. Like you have to you need like an out. Oh, it's the narrative of like I'm not racist. In, it's just that I know what's better for minorities than they do themselves. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the kind of narrative that they want people running with. And uh, I, I remember, so I got that like my I my you know whatever. She's a well, how, old how lady, does this but, close off? What's like the last few sentences? Oh my gosh, this is it goes on for so long. Should I speed read it? Um, hold on. Maybe, maybe just the, the last, last, whatever you think. You, okay. You've got. All right. Hold on. Whatever you think. I, is, didn't, uh, I forgot how long this was. It sounds long um, as shit. Yeah. 
And with one last breath, maybe what we need to save us at the last second is someone different. Someone you haven't ever experienced before. Because you weren't raised in rough, tumble New York, where nothing gets accomplished unless you're combative, aggressive, wow. outrageous, on offense at all times, and maybe just a tad arrogant. So this is, you hate the big city, but maybe now we need a big city person big cities rough wow. and tumble this is like just amazing and what's funny is like trump's doing this like outrageous caricature of like a rural bumpkin that he's pandering to yeah and then like rural bumpkins are like my guess this is what city slickers need to do to be successful yeah. it's like such uh someone someone with a personality you've never seen on stage at your church Maybe, just maybe, being a nice, gentlemanly Christian would not beat Biden and his billion dollars and his best friends in the media who will unleash the dogs of hell upon dogs the GOP nominee. I like that he's like Sleepy Joe and also unleashing yeah. the dog. Like, I, I, I like, like, just like this zombie of an old man, like, having like dogs of hell on a leash just falling falling sleepy joe around everywhere dangerous but sleepy i guess i guess you think god is only nice and gentlemanly really then you've missed the whole point of the bible when necessary god is pretty tough when necessary god strikes pain death and destruction when necessary god inflicts vengeance and it goes on and on and to look at what happened. Wow. Were we nice when it came to Hitler? Of course not. And then making fun of Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney Man. for being nice but losers. Um, oh, uh, there's the the word. Um, maybe they'd rather help elect Biden than allow a Trump victory that would make them look weak, feckless. And incompetent. I thought the word feckless was like not knowing your target demographic. Oh, I love feckless, uh, man. Feckless is ba feckless is a nice way to say dickless. <laughs> really feckless, is. Feckless essentially but, means like these dickless. I mean, these feckless guys. You think say, so someone feckless. reading this email? I think that's one of those words where it's like, "Ooh, this person knows what feckless. they're talking about." Yeah, feckless does not get used very often, even though it's a fucking great word. <laughs> here's this last little part god is is about miracles we don't need a nice guy or a gentleman right now it's the fourth quarter and we're losing 14 to zero we need a miracle first off that's not miracle territory. No, that just, happens to just Florida yet. State all like, the time. Fourth quarter. That happens to college what? football almost we every just week. Start the fourth <laughs> quarter. That's two touchdowns. Yeah. Like what well, you can do that in one minute. Like <laughs> get a turnover and run just do, do a good good run. I believe Trump is our miracle. I believe Trump is our rowboat, except he's more like a battleship. And it God. goes on and on about this is why you got well, What's like the very this. last sentence, though? The very last sentence Man. is, it's Trump or it's the end of the American dream. What I want to know is what do people think is going to happen if Biden wins besides him dying in the first month?
I mean, I think they've done a really nice job of showing the riot footage that Trump is like, you know, arguably pretty responsible for. And then, and then, but you know, Biden's world, that's, that's Biden's world. I mean, I think that stuff works really, really well. I've just been watching a couple of things the last few days. I watched them today, an interview with Michael Cohen, who's Trump's former lawyer. Some of these guys who used to work with him in these interviews are talking like, this guy, he knows he's losing, but they're saying it in a way where it's very calm and almost like, like fuck him, he sucks, he's a st- he's a stupid idiot, in a way that you wouldn't like with such extreme confidence. I haven't seen before people being like, the guy is up against the wall, he knows it, he's um like the only reason he's doing everything now is because he's such a narcissist that he just wants the attention and wants to win. He even actually slipped up in a speech at a rally the other day. Sorry, it's not a speech. It's definitely not a speech. He's up to, he's up yeah. there fucking free balling, man. He's having like an improv. <laughs> See that line about the spaghetti, eating spaghetti with a mask in California? Just stuff like, it's actually fucking hilarious. Like the man, he, it made me laugh out loud because he's fucking good at being jokes like that. You know, doing those kind of like, like, like making fun of shit, like making fun of California and stuff. Yeah, guy, he he's like the real asshole bully that like once in a while is just like, yeah, that was I guess sort of funny. Fucking lands one. But he said yeah. something about um November 4th, all the masks are going to come off, everything's going to open up cuz he kind of was like it feels like he knows he's going to lose. And he said that in a way like when I lose, like they've been doing all this stuff with COVID just to fuck with you my supporters and people who will love freedom and how it's going to change once they won because it doesn't matter anymore because they've won and he yeah. said that it's almost it seemed like a like a slip you know and yeah. the way these other people talk about him there's a poster there's a poster this this pretty famous poster actually a republican poster but people hate him of course he's not like a trumper but he um he was being interviewed he talked about how the few undecided voters, and I guess there are some undecided voters, is that they have this whole thing where they're talking about how they worry about Biden. They hate Trump as a person. They find him to be despicable and repulsive, and the way he acts is super rude, and, and they don't like it. Even beyond what that your grandma's robot poem said, more like um, <laughs> they actually truly find this guy to be like, I fucking hate this asshole. Yeah. But they're also super scared, like fucking super scared of Biden's policy. So that's how they're undecided. So I guess it's for these people who are quote unquote undecided. It's going to come down to, do you pick policy or pick person? And that's mm-hmm. what I think a lot of people are worried about is that, you know, I think most of us probably vote on policy, not on person. Yeah. Or I mean, I got to hand it to him. He got the wall done. Hillary's rotten in jail. <laughs> like yeah. Every, everything that he ran on has come true. But they're, they're so scared of what Biden could do because he's never had a... Ch- we haven't seen what he would do. So they're so fucking scared. I'm gonna scared vote for Trump. Biden won't do much of anything. I, I mean, think, I guess I not nothing's going to happen. I hope nothing happens at all. I hope he fucking falls asleep for a month. Yeah. He sleeps for a month. They give him a bunch of Regeneron, pump him full of some fucking magic a- alien steroids, and he and Kamala have like a special like test tube child, and they they hyper raise it to be forty five, be thirty five, so it can take over the presidency or some crazy shit. Or, <laughs> God, I don't even know. I mean, I don't, I don't even care. But yeah, 
I uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, if if Bi if if Biden takes office, like I don't I I don't know what there is to worry about from either. I'm I, I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to do that much. It's gonna be nice and boring. But, hopefully, nice and boring. Yeah. We should not but, talk about this too much longer because I feel like it's like so easy to talk about this forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like now it's coming up next Tuesday. Do you, I mean that last thing? Do you yeah. do you think that? What do you think about that transition? <laughs> do I don't know, do man. That? That's that's one of those things where the last one I was going to talk about earlier is I feel like a lot of this stuff, like that letter from your grandma and things like that, and basically everything that's going on right now. I've talked about this in other streams before. But it kind of feels like the internet has ruined almost everything. The internet yeah. has the vast ability for so many people to have so much access to so much knowledge has corrupted, not so much corrupted, but also just just changed the playing field on everything. Like it changed the playing field on music, on how people listen to music, like forever. Everything has been changed so much. It used to be it used to mean something to be a rural person. You were out mm -hmm. of touch, and that was okay because you were out of touch with that big stuff. But you were in touch with things like the land and animals and things that are have a of different more uh, a different pace in the city. Right. That was like a distinction forever. But now it feels like all we we have all these people who live different totally different places, but they have access to the same information, and that causes this weird kind of like. Like, uh, like specific type of metastases that happens in people's brains. Like mm. I feel like Q is a direct result of the internet plus rural people. So it's mm. people getting like this injection from outside and they're rural. So they naturally have like maybe, and, and they should be, be a bit more suspicious. So there's, there's certain things that you, if you live in a smaller place, you have like a different sort of mindset for a good reason. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's why, mm. like, you know, like, like even, um, even like the 80s and 90s and stuff, you know, when the internet wasn't so robust or existed at all, if you were trapped in the country, the flat tire, you knock on someone's door, they're probably going to, you know, it's, it's not like you don't, have to, you don't have to worry about a lot of stuff. It's like a thing where it's assumed that there's a different code of ethics in places where there's less people and there's more like uh, danger from nature kind of thing. When you inject yeah. that into, when you inject knowledge into those people, it feels like it's kind of like, um, what's the word? It's uh, not warped. What's the word? When something, when a when a mole, when a cancerous mole, um, turns in a different shape. I'm trying to think of the word. It's mutated. Oh, it's mutated yeah. in people's brains. It's definitely mutated. I feel like Q is an informational mutation. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's. There's. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I was I was talking with some anthropologists recently that live with these like hunter gatherers because as you're saying all this, I'm trying to tease apart how how much of this is is the internet being a new problem or how much of this is like amplifying aspects of human nature and what's already there. This is what I thought about the movie The Social Dilemma, where I was like, that's very interesting and and also a bit biased if you ask me yeah and also biased, yeah. I, I mean it was like you know i guess there are some good things like you can call a car on an app and it'll be to your house 
in 30 seconds, says the guy that founded Uber. Yeah, exactly. he's, he's like, I guess there's one good thing. Hmm, I, guess there's, I, I, guess my company's, <laughs> I guess my company is actually perfect. <laughs> but it's other too than bad. that, other really aren't good. <laughs> well, this is like such, such motivated reasoning and confirmation yeah. bias. And like, you see it in everywhere. Like, look, look within like, even the comedy community or say like a restaurant owner or whatever that would normally be on the side of like, yes, of course we trust science. What are you talking about? But now you have this financial incentive to be like, yeah, is it really that much of a concern? And, right. so, and, and then, and then you go looking to validate your, uh, your, uh, the, you know, justify what you want to, believe so anyway that's confirmation these... bias right when you isn't that also called moving target where when you find something accurate like you move the target so it's always hitting the accurate information so it's you're always if you're always looking for the it's confirmation bias right yeah for the most part i mean and i think that confirmation bias is finding information that validates your beliefs already and then motivated reasoning is having like an incentive to believe a certain oh, right. yeah, okay. thing in in the first place so yeah. you have like a financial incentive or you have like you know you tend to we all have we all, we tend to be primed to care more about our families than yeah. strangers and, and yeah. things like that it, i mean it's it runs amok when it's like it, you know we all we tend to think that the things that we do um in in life that are that are are good we've earned with hard work when bad right. things happen it's bad luck when other people that we don't like have good things happen they must have got lucky or you know something they must have cheated when a bad thing happens to them they must have done something bad and deserve it and there's a lot of like self-protect like psychological defense mechanisms mm -hmm. at play there when you blame a victim for something then that thing can't happen to you like when you don't need to think about your like girlfriend or daughter or or, or whatever being assaulted if you can just create this reality where this the, this other girl was like wearing the wrong thing and asking for it mm -hmm. and because the people that you care about are doing the correct things then yeah. they they are uh, they aren't you don't need to think about the horrible things that could happen um to them so then there's all of these ways in which so so back to these hunter gatherers to, as an expression of like this has been around long before the internet um when they have diseases in this in this tribe these 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 people are studying they they come up with these narratives which is like oh this water monster the the, the water, water monster comes in which is interesting because that's like Main you transmission know, of disease is water. There's yeah, and mm -hmm. so there's like uh, consciousness tends to pick up and and make these like you know very dramatic stories um, uh, that on these like small you you have these small little things that you're being primed with and these like little nuanced things that are driving your behavior and you're picking up on something and you don't know what, but consciousness is like so full of itself and it, and, and it loves adding details and making these big stories and we're these storytelling creatures. So what they do is they say, 
they say, oh, that person that got sick in that household, they must not have been sharing enough. So, so you have like this structure in place where we have this community agreement where, where we're going to be altruistic. We're all going to help out one another and be on the same page. Then you have these kind of psychological self-defenses, which is like, which is like life is full of predictable patterns that we have control over. That's that's a that's a great story to tell yourself. Yeah. Uh, a lack of control and lack of predictability are the two greatest stressors in life. I could get into that uh, if you want, like the breaking down, just like the simple neuroscience. Oh, believe that, me, I, that I is think about fascinating. It all the time, I think all the time, like, oh man, like how many times every day I'm like, oh, I'm I'm seeking to control something that I can't control. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 I think that's where a lot of the conspiracy stuff is coming from because when you lose both predictability and control, you can develop over time this learned helplessness. Have we ever talked about this? No, uh, but I want to hear about this. This is interesting because I feel like I don't know. I feel like I've done this to myself a bunch. But there, there's a lot of stuff. Me that, too. Well, I think with uh, with a bowel disease, that's a big because obviously your bowels are uh, something. Every time I say bowels, I feel like I'm saying bow, bow. Uh, your intestines, your, um, you know, your. Yeah, you want to have predictability yeah, you wanna, and control. You want to have predictability and control. And when you don't have those things, a lot of people who have diseases of the of bowel, bowel diseases have severe anxiety, and they have other things that come from that because they lack this soup, this very intrinsic form of control and predictability. How incredibly stressful! Yeah. I didn't even think about that as I was watching, like. Yes, of course. Every you you would be chronically stressed. Chronic stress leads to looser bowels. Exactly. What a nightmare. So so here's here's like a a, a simple study. Take me maybe two minutes at the most, but yeah. you'll you'll appreciate this. Okay, I'll set the timer real quick. Were, uh, um, chat. We'll go. We're gonna check in with you in about five or ten minutes and start taking some questions for Shane. But uh. Uh, I'll set the timer. It's better be two minutes, Shane. Otherwise, you know. We'll have to... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, after like... that long ass email, <laughs> I figured I better like wrangle yeah. it in a little. You know, I, I, you know, I tend to like speak in essay form. Right, so right, sometimes right. I'm like, oh, this is getting to be a little wordy. Um, so, uh, so, so go go on with this. So you you have a you have a rat in a cage. The con- right. the control is a light comes on and there's going to be a shock on on the half of the cage that it's on. And if it goes to the other half of the cage, it won't get shocked. So mm-hmm. it's just like whatever side it's on, it shocks that half. So so it just needs to get to you know whatever the other side is. It doesn't matter. Right. Um. It doesn't matter what side it's on. It's always going to be the other side that it needs to get to. So it has to get so, to the dark side to not get shocked. Yeah. And so, um, and so uh, then, so that's the control. All you, all that has to happen is this happens a few times and the rat figures out pretty quickly. Wait a second. Light comes on. There's a shock that happens. Mm-hmm. I avoid the shock by going over there. Now when the light comes on, it runs over to that other side before the shock even happens. It has total hundred percent predictability and control over this threat in life. And you take one of those conditions away. So you take, uh, you take the control, uh, uh, let's start with the predictability. You take the light away, right. no light. It's just gonna be a random shock. 
so it's going to get shocked, but now it can still run to the other side and stop being being shocked. So, so it has control, has control, but it doesn't have predictability. Correct. Right. And then you take the other side where it, the light comes on, but there's nothing it can do about it. It, it can't run to either side. It's going to get shocked no matter what, but it can still brace itself. And they check like cortisol levels and stuff afterwards to see the level of stress hormones and everything in it. Then if you take away both, if you take away the ability to do anything and and the the light, uh, uh, you take away predictability and control. What it basically learns is that life is full of a bunch of unpredictable uh, shocks, and there's no point in wasting time or energy even looking for any like way out of the situation. So if you now take that rat, which is now called that's so it's learned helplessness. So now if you take this learned helplessness rat, you put it back in the control setting where there is a light, where there is a different side, and it can and any any fresh rat mm -hmm. in this situation would figure this out in three tries or something right. like this. This learned helplessness rat takes four ever to, uh, before it figures this out if at all mm -hmm. because it's it's learned there's no what what's the point in looking for patterns this is right. just the world's just full of unpredictable uh hurt and and so so when you lose control and predictability you have this learned helplessness and to me what learned helplessness uh, sounds like when we try to articulate it consciously is is uh conspiracy theories it's this justification wow, of like there is this external force that's very powerful that i can't predict i can like figure out some things but i have no control over it yeah i can tell you about it there's nothing we can do mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you vote it, it doesn't it's all the same they're going right. to get us there's nothing we can do about it and and it it's it's the conscious like justification for because we all you know the fucking uh, completely delusional stories I tell myself to not try in life all mm -hmm. the time. You know this is an everyday struggle that we all have to have to uh, go through, unless you're like Tony Robbins or something uh, I do like kind that. Of, I do also feel there's, an, there's sort of an opposite into that. From sure. What I, what I think about that is that if you do experience, like I've been like a peak oil doomer. I was for years. Before I even found yeah. out that was actually even like a thing, just the other day I found out that's like a whole like subcategory of of like Russian uh, internet people. It's like this. Whole, I mean, this is I'm aging myself totally by saying this, but there's like all these categories of uh, words that there's even a whole subgenre of music associated with. Wait, this. wait. The, so the peak oil was like the, there's uh, a thing called peaknicks, like a beatnik, but a peaknik. People who are like obsessed with peak oil and i was obsessed with it for a long time and the uh and that's a very very uh what do you call it i think it's a reasonable concern it is but it's also a th kind of thing where it's very it's a doomer thing it's like you're kind of almost yeah. praying for the doom because it will confirm your um your hypothesis <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, to I told you so i told you I the know. oil was running out kind of thing and i think that um Excuse me. I mean, listen to the, I told the associates at the beginning of COVID, 
it, yeah. it was like if you're a conspiracy theorist you're like i told you so if you're an environmentalist you're I like told you we so. told you like mother nature was gonna have its revenge on on yeah. us arrogant humans if you were a science communicator you were like i told you motherfuckers you need to learn about the scientific method and this stuff's important like it, if you're religious you're like see we you were sinning too much you shouldn't right. have been gay or whatever everyone was doing uh I told you so. Well, see, I, I think that that stuff, to me, if you do it right, you can galvanize it and make it, instead of the, I told you so, it becomes the opposite thing. It's like a thing where, oh, well, everything is fucked. This sh shit's terrible. So I might as well do stuff that I that makes me happy and do it like as, as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Which I don't mean like, you know, fucking and drinking. I mean more like... um. Ah. like create well that you can do that too but i think like like being um i hate to say this but almost like the fight club idea where you have to like remember they they had that one guy who was had like a uh, a community college thing in his wallet and they were like what do you what did you study he's like vet uh, veterinary medicine and then they've told him they'd kill him unless he starts studying veterinary medicine again and of course yeah. the guy goes back and becomes a fucking vet i think they reference that in the movie but the, yeah, to yeah. me the idea is that i think a better a better reference instead of fight club is jimmy rogers that old guitar player from like the 30s who's a country musician he had terrible tuberculosis he should have died probably about 12 years before he did but he just kept fucking touring and kept recording because he was just so fucking miserable like his life was miserable he was barely alive he would do mm -hmm. whatever he could just to do shit, because if he didn't do it, he might as well, he would just be waiting to die. He would be feeling all the oppression and terrible feelings of an illness. So the only way he would not feel his illness is to constantly be playing, constantly be touring, constantly be recording. He actually died, I think at night, in his hotel during a, a four-day recording session in Chicago, kind of thing, where he was like, just, he died doing it. And to me, I wow. think about like the same thing where, okay, let's say, oh, the world's going to end. Everything's terrible. So it makes sense that everyone should do as much as the most they can to do like the most good with their life as opposed to just yeah. like, like, na 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 na, I told you so kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. You don't get anything out of being right. There's nothing happens to you. You get nothing, right? Right. right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. I've, I've what, do, what do anthropologists say about that kind of shit, though, in terms of like, you know, because I was well, that's, that's like replete throughout history is stuff happening and people, people like that rat experiment. Like if the rat is like, okay, so if I'm just gonna get shocked all the goddamn time, like you saying, learned hopelessness, but but couldn't the opposite also happen where it's like a thing where um. Like the Marines, you know that saying the Marines um, embrace the suck? What if the rat, yeah, yeah. instead of becoming hopeless, it became the opposite? It's like, oh, I'm, hopeless, I'm yeah. you can't destroy, I'm undefeatable. Right, right, so, yeah. I, so. I, there's that too. There's like the backed into the corner thing and yeah, like ha having, fucking, having nothing to lose. And, nothing to lose. Uh, yeah. Because you never I, had anything anyway, so you never had anything to lose. I mean, except your there's... Except your life. That's why that's something to lose, is your life. 
you know everyone has different i, I mean one of one of the things that's happened like throughout history during stra- like 911 uh, or or like spanish flu or whatever is is often people did start like like a large population of people were like i'm going to get my shit together and yeah. start taking better care of myself and and uh probably not during i doubt people were doing crossfit type stuff during the spanish flu but uh but but like physical fitness and stuff every every crisis that's mm-hmm. happened in our modern era has led to like a large section it, it's it's like uh you know at new year's when everyone gets the gym membership or whatever yeah, totally it's like, uh, yeah. pandemics do, do, do the same thing for people it's sort of and that because like, that is a way of like having control over yeah. something and it's a way of like having a gain in your in your life over you know the uh, the things that you can manage right i've been doing that's the only thing that i like i i quit smoking cigarettes i quit in like right away at COVID. i i quit drinking in may i started uh yoga in june and then like a month ago and then i was like playing pickleball and stuff and pickleball you're, pickleball is so fucking regional that's funny oh yeah it's old old person tennis yeah. for the listeners and um and then like a month ago when it started getting cold here i started uh working out i wouldn't say like crazy but but throughout like three times a day like short short workouts just yeah. to keep my energy levels yeah up. man i've been working out like um, crazy too i still been i still been drinking and smoking but yeah I smoke, as, soon as, I, as soon as i smoke a cigarette it's like i'm gonna have a fuck i only have like three cigarettes a week tops what you are so lucky dude, i'm dude. one of these people i'm like i'm such a rarity believe me the most dude. i've ever smoked in my entire life is like one cigarette a day that was like maybe for a year even if i could have i wonder what the max like if i had a deal where it's like i can either never have a cigarette again or i can have like a max of i would say three or four if if i could have three a day for the rest of my life that's a lot of cigarettes though i i know i think that i would i think that i would though i think i'd do other things to balance it out i don't think it's that i i have gotten arguments with my sister all the time about i swear to god it's not that bad i truly think if you moderate your smoking like i do which is essentially impossible and doesn't happen Mm -hmm. to anyone but if you can do it a cigarette is just like anything else it's just like it's a nice little thing it's not I good mean, for you, but it's sure as hell. If it makes you feel relaxed and it makes you feel, uh, if you enjoy it, that's happiness, and happiness is better than stress any day. There's hunter gatherers that 100% of the males mm-hmm. smoke, and many of the fe- females not as much because they're you know often pregnant or you know breastfeeding right. or whatever else, and there's not the same uh, evolutionary advantage. But it's a uh, it's uh, uh, insecticide, and so when you when you smoke more, you're less likely to be uh, bitten by mosquitoes and stuff. So so areas that have a higher rates of malaria and whatnot tend to uh, you use uh, smoke a lot more. And then they and then they and speaking of like consciousness being this like fanciful story, the like um, these like Shipibo people in Peru, they'll have 
they have like tobacco planted around their town and uh-huh. they'll and you ask them why and they'll say to like keep the fairies out or oh. something like that but uh, uh, or you know so, something like that but but it's really the mosquito it's the insects that it's, uh, it's that it's bugs. keeping out yeah it's the bugs it's it's protective let's play a quick song here then we'll start yeah. taking some questions from the chat i have a special song i've selected here this is um how do i get this to work I think I've, I've, okay, here it is. It's, it's hidden behind you. This is a song called Rowboat. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see it? No, you can't. I'm, uh, I'm turning it on right now. I gotta. Wait, let's see here. Uh, but I only had a. It's back talking too much here. <laughs> I love that I can do this, man. It's blowing my mind right now. Yeah, so Shane, if you want to open up the chat yep. window, you can see it. I can see it for sure, but... Yep. Okay. I can see it. Okay, so, um... Oh, shit, sorry. I'm going to fade that out. Okay. So, how it works is, we'll take... Obviously, you gotta prefer questions from uh, subscribers and uh, VIPs. So, just so you know. So, got a lot the of. Uh, there's a lot of Navy talk happening. Is here. there really? I haven't seen there this was. yet. Nicotine. People talking about nicotine. Okay, so someone asked, "Do you have a platform?" <laughs> so that's a good chance to talk about your podcast, Shane. Tell them about your podcast. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, is that what they mean by that? I think um, so, right? Is that I mean? didn't know if I was like, oh, am I running for something right now? Um, I, uh, Captain, um, Captain of Podcasting. Uh, here, here we are as my science mm-hmm. podcast. I talk with a different um, academic each week about uh, a lot of different things. So the last... Uh, the last episode was about personality research mm-hmm. and um, narcissism, and a lot of a lot of brain stuff, a lot of how the mind works, um, sort of thing. Someone here also mentioned that you we should both jump in the Duncan Trestle Family Hour Discord sometime. Do you have Discord, Shane? Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, I'm pretty new to it, and I've been going in. I was going in like three times a day and now i'm going oh, wow. in like maybe maybe once every other day now dude i don't but, yeah. just, there's things like that there's so many new programs i'm trying to learn i get so confused so easily with like fucking like ugh. uh that, that that's I mean? like a, a different kind of helplessness where it's like uh the the burden of uh choice or whatever where where there's so many like where do yeah. i put my energy what's actually going to be useful what am i going to enjoy doing what am i going to like what are my fans going to like what am i going to get paid for to me it's also about when you see a new the landscape of an inner a new interface to me it takes me so long before i get comfortable with the interface that's why like like right now i'm using a pc but i have a mac still because it's sometimes just like i just can't it's like it's like moving from a piano 
to a bass. It's like a different instrument. Like on, on the Mac, I'm fucking like, you know, doing all key commands and shit. I know it. <laughs> but the but the PC, I feel kind of like, uh, like that's why there's all this dumb, <laughs> clunky shit that happens whenever I do this stream. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm like dragging windows. People in the chat, someone in the chat earlier was like, oh, just do this, do alt, alt key. I'm like, what the, I don't know. It's all keys in the different spot, like all this shit. Like it's so like, uh, yeah, it's difficult for me to to make to transition to like a new interface. And Discord to me seems so fucking cool. There's probably so many things I just don't understand, but well, it's, it's just a lot of stuff in there, you know. Definitely, what I enjoy about it is the categorization of topics because. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just be like the psychedelic guy, but I want to have like an offering of that to people that like that's their whole world and that's all they're interested in. Yeah. And so, so I have like an evolutionary uh, psychedelic area of uh, mental health area and, and that sort of thing. That's that I would say is the main usefulness yeah, of discord so far. Uh, so, someone asked if I have a formal education. No, I never went to college. I didn't know that. Comedian my whole life. Interesting. And I was, uh, I never paid any attention in school. I was a C student. And actually, to this day, I, I think I, I just said this on the, on the, um, uh, 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 neuroticism, um, podcast that I, I think that I would prefer to get a C in as many different subjects. I just as heard I you say that today, could. actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I would much rather that than be an A student. And for my podcast, that's what makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. I have I have like a pretty decent 101 to sometimes 102 understanding of like tons of fields. Right. And that's about it. I'm definitely not uh, I'm a master of none kind of situation. Somebody asks here, um, how do you cultivate a balanced energy when you're a zero to 100 type when you're a zero to 100 type of person, but generally on the zero side. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I understand that completely. Do you understand that? Yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's as, as someone that's supposed to be bipolar. Yeah. Uh, this I, is a great question for you, especially. It, it's definitely, you know, bipolar is supposed to be more of the depression aspect of it. Yeah. Most of the time you're just regular, but then depressed for like two months out of the year and manic for which would be like the hundred for yeah. uh two weeks out of out of the year wish it was flipped the other way around yeah but how do you balance the energy man i've been so that's i, I would love to know what your like daily kind of process it here here's what my best day looks like uh, this is this is one thing like everything's going right i get up I do. I have you ever heard of the Pomodoro? Yeah, I actually um, heard about technique. it from you. And also yeah. Brit too. I heard about it from Brit. But so I, it's just like simple. Set an yeah. alarm for 20 and 40 minutes. Work for at least 20 minutes and end by at least 40 minutes. Like mm-hmm. don't don't go over that and then usually take a five to ten minute break. What I've been doing instead is like so I, I do that work block and then I and then I eat breakfast. Then I work, and then I do yoga. No and coffee, no tea. And then I, yeah, but I do that like while I'm working. Okay, so wh- uh, I mean, when you first get out of bed, obviously you brought you probably brush your teeth. I bet. No, save that till after breakfast. Okay, so you're one of those people. Got it. What you brush before breakfast? Uh, you know what? You're saying that like I'm weird. 
Is you're, it? You're the weird one, okay? Am I the weird one? Well, my wife's the same way. She brushes at, brushes after breakfast. I brush before, right away. Right away, brush. Really? Because if I don't brush right away, I won't brush. I'll forget. Really? You're not going to get me back in there, man, because I'm like, I don't want to brush my teeth, so I have to do it right away. Otherwise, uh, fucking, I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah, I brush after every meal. And, um, uh, well, wow, that's not really, always wow, okay. after lunch. So great. Well, wow. everyone, hey, everyone, uh, uh, but I do, every meal. I'm every a big, meal. I'm a big mouthwasher. Oh, I, God. I, when I'm on the road, I mouthwash, um, five times a day, at least, I bet. That's just, um, that's what I'm into. Damn. <laughs> that's my thing. So yeah, I, I just do that. I do these blocks of work and then I have lunch and then, okay. and then like exercise again or and then work, work and then exercise what again. What does work then, though? What does work mean? So usually I have like a list of things mm -hmm. that I, that I'm doing. Like today I had, this is my second podcast that I'm okay. doing today. And I had a, and I had a class, um, today as well. So that was like three blocks for, for me. That's like three work blocks. And then I have uh, a new book that I need to crack open for a future interview. I have usually one of those, the things that I'm the most proud of is when I like go through my emails uh -huh. or like do taxes or something like that. Cause that's always, that's the perpetual monkey on my back stuff that yeah. I like hate myself for and beat myself up after and it just I like it. builds and builds it is amazing that it's like uh, it's always like past shane just like really it, i blame that guy for like this real pickle that i'm always in of like this huge pile of to-dos yeah. and like now shane can do things but it's not really a specialty so i'm like future shane tomorrow shane will take care of that i think that's kind of a cliche in the human condition but the idea of like trying to set myself up for um for tomorrow in a more balanced way has been like my quarantine project and yeah, I, me I don't too, know man. how far i've gotten on i'm that. not very good at it. i usually average about three or four days of making a list the night before for the next day i'm just such a fucking good time charlie man i have so much trouble buckling down and not yeah. just being like, I have, there's actually this great, great Chelsea Pretty joke from years ago. She said, um, do you ever complete one chore and then celebrate for four weeks? I feel like that's me, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, I just yeah. did this thing I've been dreading doing. Like, I haven't done it for, like, I do not want to do this. I do not want to do this. And you do it, and it's like, we're having drinks tonight, baby, because we fucking moved some cardboard boxes that took 20 minutes. You know what I mean? It's like, that's... that's shit. I've been thinking about that a lot yeah. lately of like, it hasn't been because most of it's like, Oh, I want to avoid hating myself. So yeah. I'll keep doing this and then I'll get disciplined. But then what happens is that when I do get the ball rolling really well, I fall into the, you know, what you deserve is like a six hour TV binge tonight. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, that did nothing for me you know well, if, if i though, if because... i was with a girl right yeah. now like that it's a different thing like when you're in a relationship like sitting and like watching a show mm -hmm. with the person that you're with that's a you know that's a different experience that's be. a that's a social or it can be it's a right. social experience whereas like the way that i watch tv when i'm like binging something that's just like this you know it's just junk food that i don't even like that much right 
Uh, we got some. We skipped a bunch of questions here. Someone asks, sure. "I got a crap." Uh, one of our favorite users here, crap. Best name, I got a crap. Um, if you could take two drugs with two historical figures, what and what drugs and who? This feels like a, I'm trying to think what this kind of question feels like. It feels like um, like a man in the street kind of thing. If you yeah. could take drugs with two historical figures, what would they be and who would they be? Drugs? I would never do that, but you have to answer it. <laughs> you have to answer well, it. Well, I don't know. I you, guess don't have be, a, you don't have a choice. I guess I would um, I would smoke weed with Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. I don't know. Jimi Hendrix? Is he, can, can I say Jimi Hendrix? I don't know how you just nailed that character that I would have never thought existed until I saw you do it. And I'm like, that's that's a real person. That's that all exists. I do, Shane. I promise you that that has happened before. You want me to answer and now? You, what? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> So I I would say uh, mushrooms with Einstein because he was Ooh. such a visual thinker. Okay, like he he was he was he was great at math. But yeah, it's not like what made him excel. What excelled was was his like ability to picture himself riding on a beam of light and yeah. stuff. That's like what really set him apart. And that's some real like mushroomy type stuff. Totally. And he was so like he had such a delightful sense of humor, and he was like so friendly and seemingly yeah, approachable a, and everything. Totally. Uh, you know, his brain was like different than like no, like the really? ridges inside of his skull were like different than everyone else's. I oh, guess. Oh, well, I this. get it now. I feel so I, much better now about not being yeah. not being a genius. I I hope that's true. Dude, I'm gonna I, just I, start walking around with my pants off, eating fucking candy bars. Just like, <laughs> Officer, I just don't have the ridges, okay? Officer, I just don't have the ridges necessary to do anything other than this. My, my ridges are <laughs> are forcing me to eat uh, a Reese's Take Five. And skateboard on my underwear, officer. <laughs> well, we I, find out it's not RNA, it's not DNA, it's ridges. It's the ridges. <laughs> I wonder. So there, there's like, there's things of like, it, there, there's like a e- either MDMA with the Obamas or like cocaine with Trump as oh like God. those Combine are like them. two like interesting I'd want to do fucking uh both with uh like fucking um get George W in there too get <laughs> Trump out of there I think like Trump is just because Trump doesn't party Trump does not do drugs I, I think he'd be a bit of a buzzkill yeah that to me also I was talking to a friend recently about that about how the fact that Trump is sober I think that people who are always sober, there's people who actively use great people, people who have, in recovery, even better people, mm-hmm. but people who've never, ever touched anything, yeah. those people do not trust them. It's fucking weird. There's it's something a, to it. There's something there, wrong there. there. There's actually, that's one of the things of like, it, you know, you see the studies that's like... Um, Hey, if you have a glass of wine a day, it's better for your health yeah. than not being well. So, so the thing is, someone asked about like the legitimacy of, of current scientific publishing. Right. So there's like some stuff like this that gets like the scientific community doesn't buy into it, but the media picks it up and finds this like lovely headline of you drink a glass of wine a day. It's 
better for your health. Right. And then uh, like the scientific community looks into it and be the, it's like, oh, actually that hasn't really been peer reviewed. Looks like it was funded by a wine company. Right. And, and then you, and then you look at what the actual variables are and what that's actually saying about someone. And it's a confound. What does someone that has one glass of wine a day, what, do, what else does that say about that person? That they're very uh, conservative, maybe that they're also they have a lot of self-control, a lot of self-control. They're probably affluent. They right. probably eat better food. Yeah, they they probably are like a little more vain or whatever, like maybe care more about their physical health. Generally speaking, if that if their way of cutting loose is one glass of wine wow, a day, yeah. and that means they're not a binge drinker. And then what what about people that don't drink? People that don't drink are either, you know, they might have other medical issues. Right. That, that... Obviously, that that's that stuff withstanding. I'm talking about people like, you know, yeah. people who are just but then full on also, also, most people that don't drink, they don't drink because they used to drink way too much. Right. And, the, and the damage is already done. And that's yeah. why they're getting like Alzheimer's and this and that. It's not that it's not that a glass of wine is this magical health elixir that's health, but that's like how it's presented. Right. And so there is, that's the trouble with like, when you're saying like uh, rural communities being injected with all this information is that people don't have enough scientific literacy in a modern world that is built on and dependent on so you know there was a period of time in humanity where it didn't matter if you if the if anyone knew if the world was flat or round like who even cares no yeah. other no other animal knows that the world is round and doesn't need to yeah. uh, but but you know for there to be satellites and stuff in the air Someone had better have an idea that that the world is round. Someone had better have an idea of Einstein's theory of special relativity for us to be able to use our GPSs, you know. And so now we've constructed the society built on scientific understanding without the public uh, knowledge. Of, you know, there's something like 80% of people think that that means maybe you and four out of five people watching right now are going to not understand what's wrong with this. 80% of people think that food that contains DNA should be labeled. Which, well, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, I've heard about that study, man. That's like, that's one of those things where people just don't know that, like, oh, it's, it's like saying, uh, would you eat food that had contained electrons and protons? Like, absolutely not. We never eat protons. Protons are dangerous. They move too fast. They can go between things. I know it's one. It's yeah. one of those trick questions, to be sure. But right. but the point is, is I do think that we need more. Someone mentioned uh, Miles Dean mentioned Oscar Wilde. I was going to bring that up. The whole the uh, that classic Oscar Wilde saying the um, moderation in all things, including moderation. Yeah, right. Because there is something about the idea of, you know, you're fucking... Um, I don't do... I am I have to be an abstainer because I'm a, I am binge or I do nothing. Yeah, but you've had... You have partied a couple lives. You've done some heavy shit. Yeah. I'm talking about the people... I have an issue with people who are scared to try anything. Yeah, yeah. Someone mentioned yeah. in the chat, you know, um, Brent Weinbach, who's obviously a good friend of both of ours, but I feel like there's certain exceptions, and Brent, Brent is weird enough on his own. Yeah. So I think Brent, Brent is like, but also at the same time, I have talked to, I have uh, 
mentioned that to him. I was like, you should probably try try taking a small amount of a psychedelic because I think it would be interesting because I don't really... I know. That's... I don't think they... I don't really consider them to be drugs. No. They, I, that's my not. favorite scientist in the entire world has never had a drink in his life. And I imagine he's never done a single drug of any kind. And boy, would I love to give him mushrooms. You, and, you get, what you have to do is you yeah. have to just... Those kind of people, sometimes you just got to dose them. Um, you yeah. gotta dose these people. You gotta make them break that <laughs> edge, baby. You gotta make them break. <laughs> dose yeah. them and fuck with them. Um, gotta, yeah. What, what's the thing about Cronenberg, Miles? I want hear. I, I, I missed it. Miles Deem is a. My face hasn't gotten itchy from growing the beard yet. This is my first ever beard. It feels a little dry sometimes, depending, and. My Who's... favorite scientist is a guy, Robert Sapolsky, who was a primatologist. He's getting um, a little older and doesn't travel to do it as much, mm -hmm. And uh, but mostly uh, neuroscience, uh, neuroscientist. Great book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers is terrific. Uh, if you're feeling exceptionally Ooh, ambitious, cool. it's really good. Is it hard um, to read? No, that one's... Uh, it's it's hard to read in that it's depressing it's about the stress response system and the futility of chronic stress in the human condition and that there's not a whole lot that we're going to be able to do to uh the just the mix match of, of the human it. mind in the modern world there's not going to be a whole lot to be done ab about chronic stress i mean there's yeah. things that you can do but it's it's a major major issue for like um, so many depressing ways that are impossible to, but but like the learned helplessness stuff that I was I first that learned just that goes back to my same thing, from... man. It's like the thing where, you know, not it's not the same thing, but I always feel like people don't get depressed and they don't get to feel helpless if you're, what is it? Do you know about the? You read that book by Sebastian Younger called Tribe. Mm -mm. It's a tiny book. I talk about it all the goddamn time. But he talks about all these studies with people in war zones, how happy they are. Mm -hmm. People who, who are like under siege, like living on the edge. And people who have like nothing. People like are like fucking living for their lives. Like, you know, how incredibly happy they are. But they're extremely stressed. But they're stressed in a way where they're... He describes it the best way, but... A lot of the things he talks about, I mean, the book's called Tribe for a reason, but he talks about how um, the best example he brings up is how any capt any uh, white European captive of any Native American tribe never wanted to go back to the European um, white settlements. Mm -hmm. But the other way around um, was also happened all the time. Any Native American captive was... They would try. They would bite their fucking arms off to get to get away from the white settlements. Like it's not like a hundred percent, but for the most part, right. there's so many people who people who people who were captive at a young age who grew up in these communities. Um, they just fucking hated. They loved living in the other way so much more yeah. because because of like because of everything. There's all because of all kinds of things. But essentially, it comes down to the fact where. Just more, 
more things matter more. You know what I mean? It becomes, it's less about status and um, wealth and more about just like actually living in uh, a way that's been people in living for, for such a long time. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, well, the gist of uh, why zebras don't get ulcers and, and by the way, someone's talking about blue collar job. Speaking of not having an education, I have my, my dad makes countertops for kitchens and bathrooms. That was my first job early on in life. Then I worked at a grocery store pushing carts. Then I did like five years of factory work. I did a bunch of construction stuff. My last job was security. Um, and uh, so I've, I've had maybe maybe uh, collar things, but maybe they mean I'm, a uh, you you got to work a union job where you're uh, like a hooper and you're making like barrels, doing one of those kind of jobs. Where like yeah. you got like that nice ass thing. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but the why zebras don't get also is 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 a zebra and a lion. A lion chases a zebra. Both the lion and the zebra have the exact same stress response, which is the same stress response every mammal has, which is cortisol gets released, which mobilizes energy to muscles so that right. it can run faster, which shuts down uh, digestion and sex drive and all of these other things that are unnecessary in that moment and are more like long term um, projects to get away or to capture the thing. And then after like the zebra gets away or whatever, the parasympathetic it response, off. it shakes it off. It goes back to eating the grass humans, because we have like the ability to worry about our 401ks and, and uh, uh, you know, being stuck in traffic and whatnot. We just never dial it down. We're just, we're just chronically at that heightened um, state. And yeah. And there's ways of turning it off. But we got a lot the, of ulcer experts in the chat right now. Yeah. I think the title of that book is not so much specifically about ulcers, is it? It's more of a metaphor about ulcers. Yeah. I think that's what it means. Yeah. Yeah. The the yeah. The, the book itself doesn't even right. mention ulcers. It's just the title. But uh, some hippie yeah. lady once told me years ago, this hippie lady, you know, she was like, "It's really important to fucking um, shake stuff off." Do you ever do that? physically shake things off because mm -hmm. my all dog right. does it all the goddamn time and she was saying how it even um it even uh works for people like if you have like if i have like a bad experience i get like an argument with someone like unexpected argument with someone afterwards i literally go like i fucking like full-on fucking shake shake shit mm -hmm. off because and if even though i might not be doing that much it makes me feel like okay that shit's done i'm done with that experience time to go I, and do something else. i do that i do that when i sneeze every single time really? i sneeze i'm like oh reset <laughs> whatever was happening before that sneeze that's just a different person in a different life right this is a this is a new shane so you just like, uh, like what do i want to do now <laughs> yeah you yeah just fucking, you just blinked yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's a good point. Someone says zebras can't meditate, though. That is actually, oh, there, there's there's point, there's plenty of things that we can do. <laughs> it's just a very very difficult situation and doesn't come naturally to us. And there's more and more of these issues yeah. in a in a modern world that has us like detached from a typical tribe or hunter gathering and that, totally. that sort of thing. Maybe maybe you know maybe uh, Sleepy Joe and um and Trumper <laughs> will combine forces and force us back into hunter-gatherer society so all this talk we're talking about won't be theoretical we'll if, have to actually fucking do it yeah if they, if they both combine all of their dogs of hell yeah all the dogs of fucking hell <laughs> i was convinced I, when, when the pandemic started 
we still have tons of canned food. I was buying seeds. I was buying, okay, what are the seeds I need to live off of to grow food to live? I bought like 25 grow bags so I could grow twice as much surface area of, of stuff. I was like sure it was going to be, you know, that kind of life. I was kind of like looking forward to it. Because <laughs> as a former well, team, Nick, that's all I've ever wanted is to, to live in post-peak times. I mean, that's... You got a lovely hobby out of it. It's better than, you know, like the people that built the bunkers, and which were, as we found yeah. out, just shrines to their fears the whole time, made it no longer than the rest of us. They they were the first ones out like, we got to get out of here. Open that. it up. Wait a second. I, I, mean, I know nothing about this. There are people who went into bunkers for COVID? No, you know, like the, the survivalists. The, okay. Just survivalists generally. Like they were the ones like, storming the government buildings and everything yeah. you know early on of like you can't coop us up forever it's like but right. this is what you've been this is, this what, is what you've, you've been, been, you've been for. prepared for i yeah, i think so that uh i i think that um you know i I, I think that we're not out of the woods. I think I think winter is going to be a yeah. pretty horrifying scenario. Uh, no matter no matter what uh, happens. So to to be to be perfectly honest and not not to like because I because I don't think that you need to live every day in like a stressed out reality. I think like we could all get on the same page. Like theoretically, could all like get on the same page and do the distancing stuff and like figure this out but it's not gonna happen and I mean, and it's it has there's been, it cold has gotten cold a lot better though you gotta admit it's gotten better there's but people then, who but, i did not think would be down with it and it just feels more relaxed now out there in terms yeah. of this is just what you do you just wear the mask inside for sure if yeah. you don't get super close it just it all feels kind of i don't know i it's think people underestimate to... the human ability to adapt I thought that early on mm -hmm. too, and people did people did well early on until May, and then and now maybe anyway. But I I think that what I what I see is the problem. At first, it was everything was like the R not of like the each person that gets COVID transmits it to two people, mm -hmm. and that's not what's ha what's happening is like the super spreader events where like a person that has it is spreading it to a bunch of people at right. an event and it's balancing out. And so, so what's happening that I'm concerned about is people are like storing up these units of like, I earned this and then going to like the maskless wedding. Well, I've been so good for seven months. So now I'm going to go for to the mat yeah. maskless wedding, which the undoes maskless everything. wedding is a great title for something. The maskless wedding. <laughs> my, my aunt just got COVID doing oh, the maskless really? wedding thing recently. And, oh. uh, and then it, it's, uh, but I mean, you got Halloween, which will be a little blip. And then with Thanksgiving and Christmas, like, fucking forget about it yeah. i don't i don't think you're going to be able to convince people to uh stay home and mask up around the uh around the well, um thanksgiving the i'm planning on going to minnesota for christmas but i'm gonna go i'm gonna leave um you know i'm gonna get a test when i get there i'm gonna isolate myself from my parents or just from my mom because my parents don't live together mm -hmm. for a couple of days fully isolate myself and then get tested again. And if I'm clear, mm -hmm. then I'll be, 
you know, okay with it. And then I'll do the same thing when I come back. But I think yeah. a lot of people don't have the time to do that or they don't have the wherewithal. I mean, it's, kind of, it's a luxury to, I'm able to, I'm be able to do that for sure. In my area, you can't technically get a test without symptom, without right. either having symptoms or lying about having yeah. symptoms. And, and there are special things you can, I can go to this other area and like pay for a test in this other town nearby. And even that, that's like three to five days for results. And so right. it's just not, like New York City, I think, is free. You get results in a few yeah. hours. See, I can go if I go to Rochester, Minnesota, the Mayo Clinic is there, so I can cut them, you know. But do you ever think about this too with COVID? It's kind of, I was thinking about this just today or maybe yesterday about the whole thing where, as much as all this stuff, like the disease doesn't discriminate, it kind of does discriminate in a way because most of the people who don't, who get it, are people who can't afford to isolate themselves as much as others. Or it's yeah. also people who are, I mean, I don't know how to say this delicately, but it's people who are not super intelligent. So they kind of are flaunting the idea of the disease because it, because you can't really see it. It feels, it feels like it's not, a, not tangible. So you kind of flaunt the restrictions and those, yeah. the, most of the people who are getting sick are people who are either economically disadvantaged Mm -hmm. or people who are intellectually disadvantaged. A lot of times there's a crossover there. You know what I mean? It feels like that is a thing. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's one of those things where I think it's, I, I feel like it's a thing where you can, the virus, we know enough about it now to where you can play, um, you know, the idea of working, working smart versus working hard. I feel like yeah, you can work yeah. smart with the virus. You can be like, oh, you yeah, can work smart about it. I, I mean, I think that I, I think that other than not being able to do my job in the way that I would want everything else is and, and, and people people think that that's the other thing, too. There's still like some weird misconceptions of like people. People think that like lockdowns are the thing that's like hurting the economy, but from and and in in certain areas and stuff there. But but for me to do my job like the way that I normally would, which is like pack a bunch of people together, there's not consumer confidence to do that. Even if even if like the local bar in town or whatever will have let me have a show. Yeah. There's there's still not people willing to. Yeah, come and just, crowd into a place even if i'm like hey i'm gonna have my COVID as a hoax show everybody it's <laughs> it it doesn't yeah. you, you know it's not and we're we're a long way from our herd immunity which probably isn't a thing that will happen if people if the antibodies don't last that long which seems like it might might be the God. might be the case so that's gonna be a little bit of a how long i i pushed back my estimation from i was planning to tour september um of next year dude everybody is constantly pushing back shit trussell and i were supposed to go to go to australia in july and that got canceled yeah. well it, it got canceled i had i had honest hopes i was i remember being five feet away from here talking to duck on the phone scene saying um I don't know, dude. I think it's think, think it's going to happen because I wanted to go to Australia so bad because I fucking yeah, love yeah. I love Australia more than any place. Me too. But it didn't happen, obviously, and it's, it's been rescheduled for next summer. But you know what? That might not happen. 
Yeah, no, next next summer is not gonna happen. See, I don't. Fuck you, man. God damn it! I wish you wouldn't say that, but you're right. God, I I'd be surprised. I, I mean, there's. I would be surprised I, too. I love science, and I believe in yeah. science like the way religious people believe in heaven. And yeah. I, uh, and I don't think that there is enough strong evidence that will be out of the woods i i still i still think my estimation of september is is possible but optimistic Gen yeah. originally i thought somewhere between september and january 2022 now i think somewhere between january 2022 and september 2022 would be the the next time God i'm i'm damn. i'm talking i'm talking about johnny <laughs> i'm talking about packing people in a showroom yeah 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 like, shoulder to shoulder like, i'm like, not talking about most of most of getting on with most i of believe the, what you're talking about is what we refer to now as old times yeah yeah i i mean old that's, times man so yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see i mean they, they could they could stumble on a new amazing vaccine mm -hmm. tomorrow we could they could figure out policies that somehow eradicated in a country and then wait until every country has done their job of eradicating it before we open doors right. who, who who fucking knows but i i i mean i think it's gonna be another it's gonna be a while year and a year and a half at least i mean i'm writing a book right now because because i you know i think that that's my most viable I guess shot what? of like guess what What's that? Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think that uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that will add value um, to our our lives. Even you know, you, even if it's say a mediocre book, even if even if say we have to self publish and it's like okay or whatever, mm -hmm. it's still something that fans are going to enjoy getting. And yeah. and, and and so there's. There's almost like no downside to it, and if it's good, like holy shit, you know that oh, takes yeah. that takes everything to the next level. And then totally. being on the for me as someone who is typically doing you know three cities a week, um, I can I could sell so you know so much better than any like my. Uh, Hey, get a here we are a leather wallet for way, way too much money. Yeah. Uh, like handcrafted or whatever, like keychains with mushrooms on them or whatever. Somebody says um, uh, um, do an audio book as well. That would be fun too. Because it's like, I, you know, we can read our own audio books and make them fucking cool as shit. Yeah, yeah. I listened yeah. to uh, Pete Holmes' book and it was like, he has a I, book. Thought, I didn't know he had a book. Yeah, it's pretty good too. And uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of Pete's, but he, uh, you know, I thought it started like a, it was a little off. Like it was like, it didn't sound like exactly like in his voice, like the first oh, little shit. bit. And then, right. and then once he got the ball rolling, I was like, oh, this is such a better experience right. than because he, because it's like the Pete Holmes the inflection voice. and everything else. And have and you read so, Rob yeah, Delaney's book? Uh, uh, it's a couple, it's about five or six years old that i like that one a lot too yeah. and it's something where it's both things where i feel like um this is not a discount of rob at all but i'm like oh if rob can write a book i can write a book too 
Yeah, it's getting past that imposter syndrome. And yeah, I I mean, it's just like it seems like such a thing, right? You know, like, oh, book. It's like when I when I tour with my, uh, you know, I usually have scientists on my on my shows, uh, my live shows and stuff, or even my podcast. And I'll tell you, like, you know, you know, my uh, like Robert Sapolsky, who I mentioned, he has a MacArthur Genius Grant. It's okay. it's like a thing that's near impossible to get. Yeah, it, it means get. you're a genius. Here's a million dollars because we know that giving you a million dollars is a good thing for the world. Yeah, and it's like going to go toward making the world a better place. And like, that's not something that matters like if i'm like hey i had someone on my show that has a macarthur genius grant whereas i could say like this guy has four books people are like whoa yeah four books they might be four turds they're not in his case they're amazing Mm -hmm. but they but but there are people that have like awful (laughs) awful books but they have a book and people are like whoa this person's an author the best thing uh, to me the best thing is when um also, when there's someone who writes a book who you don't not, don't have a lot of respect for, you're like, that to me is even more of a motivation. Like, well, it's oh, like wow, it's like going books? to an open mic. Yeah, I mean, and, and so <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, if they can stand up there and do that, then I can certainly do I can get up there and yeah. and eat <laughs> and eat a dick too. Exactly. Actually, you know, you know who went on stage right before my first time performing? Who, who was also brand new? Is in Boston and Harvard Square at the Comedy Studio. I was worried my material because I've been to a couple shows there. I was worried it was going to be like a little too like dirty or vulgar or right. shock value or whatever. And uh, exceptionally young, exceptionally green. Uh, it was only like I think it was like his fifth time on stage. Eric Andre oh, wow. <laughs> went on right before me, and it was you know like horrifying. Like I enjoyed it. But the audience was like absolutely uh, horrified. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say horrified, but like he taken aback. They were they were taken aback, and uh, and it made me feel a lot more confident. That that's funny. That that guy, I I thought he was I thought he was funny. Um, and and I remember like early on like. Yeah, and he did. He cracked us up at like open mics and stuff like that. And then he where was like this a, in New York? In Boston. Boston, okay. And then he'd do these club shows or what? Uh, I mean, no club would even put him on stage other yeah. than an open mic, you know. And then uh, he was like this crazy guy or whatever. And then he like moved to New York, and it's like, okay, well, never gonna hear or see from. Right. see that guy <laughs> again and uh and then like a few years later he's in this this comedy festival uh that uh that i'm in I'm like huh he popped back up and then next thing you know he had and i, I mean this isn't i'm, I'm not slighting him like i think that. he's i think he's yeah. super funny and 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 like I bless everyone's heart who's like taking huge chances like that and is super creative. And well, everything, it's all but... about like expo- all this much stuff is about exposure. You know, if someone, if you get exposed at a certain time, yeah, then you really get like fucking. Um, and it was like there was still things. in Boston. It was still like, well, what you do is you get your Type Five together and yeah, you get on late night television. 
and yeah. he was never that was never going to be his path <laughs> right but what's yeah, funny is me, now man. he I can never... go on like whatever late night show mm -hmm. and like be a guest on it or whatever because he got there uh another way but it, what do you think about i i wonder what is going to happen like now that stand-up comedy is like hey you're a successful podcaster go and tour as a stand-up hey you you have this funny like youtube character that you do It'll go and tour as this i think it'll be the same as it always was where it's like certain actors i remember seeing what's his name from community um donald Glover. joel McHale. Seen, oh yeah, Donald, Donald Glover, yeah. Glover performed. He did. I uh, did a festival where he was on before me, and it was packed. And he was new to stand up, and it was not was really not very good. But it kind of doesn't matter, I guess, to some people. And so it's a thing where I think his manager, or his agent, or someone like that, told him to get into it because, obviously, it's an opportunity. If you want to do that, you can do it, and you can steal a lot of money. And yeah. why not? Why not steal a bunch of money if you if it's being given to you? It's not even You're stealing. Right. It's just it's free money. So I, f I feel like it's going to be the same thing where people with like you're talking about it's going to be all there's always going to be that case where someone is big from one thing, they go in to do stand up. All the traditional stand ups resent them and hate them because they're not they didn't come up in the scene and mm -hmm. sometimes they get pushed out, sometimes they actually fucking keep at it and they become I mean I've always themselves. I've always loved the uh I was always like one foot in one foot out because I I did like the alt scene but I'd also go to like Elks lodges and stuff yeah <laughs> but there was there was something where like especially the way it was going for a while was late night stuff was getting some more of the alt comics on yeah and there was still like this this like like a scout, like a baseball scout or whatever, which that's just like, I've been watching this kid swing and, uh, uh, and you know, it was someone that like watches comedy for a, right. for a living. And it's like, Hey, this person has a joke writing that works well and this and that way. And now it's like, you know, so many things, the things don't, translate to the club I, I mean i guess it's always been the case where it's like clubs are going to book a poly shore or whatever because he uh, not not for the high quality of his content but no because it's yeah you if you have the draw that's all they care about right i don't know why i said, I don't know why I said no um <laughs> uh yeah I, yeah I meant what i meant it was yes it doesn't matter to some extent because if you people go to see you then they don't really give a fucking shit but I, there is definitely like a what do you call it? Like a, um, you can only do it for so long. Like, mm -hmm. who was that person who did it recently? It was a Tiffany Haddish who, um, yeah. performed, and people were like, this is really bad. Like, she's obviously incredibly funny. She's great at what she does, but stand up is not, you know, you can be a mountain climber, doesn't mean you know how to scuba dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a thing where, and she admitted it, and she felt really bad about it. And she was like, yeah. I'm sorry. I think she, maybe people even got, got a refund because she just kind of like fell on her face because she would, well, the, I think the problem yeah. was she had probably too many people in her corner being like, you can do this. She's like, I can. And then you do it. She's like, I can't fucking, people were pushing her because they were probably incentivized. They made money yeah. if she did it and they fucking pushed her into doing it, even though she probably didn't feel like she wanted I to mean, do it. I mean, she was working the, I, I, I don't know. So 
she actually lived with me for a short period of wow time i had no idea she was and and uh she she was in this it was what was this where when i was dating uh april macy okay her her and april were really good friends we had a two-bedroom place in malibu this is years and years ago yeah. we had this amazing place and she had this she had this amazing story but it was like it, whatever i'll it doesn't matter i'll i'll share I, i'm i hope i'm getting the details right but but anyway she had she met this guy so this guy comes up to her in an airport and they get they get talking he's this older guy he's like a he he's a private investigator right. she tells him she's never met her father he's like if i can find your dad will you give me a date and what's and weird man he goes finds her dad she meets her dad and then he get, she gives the guy a date they end up eventually getting married and then it was like this whole crazy thing and then she ended up like i think he was like abusive or something like that but anyway so she she crashed with us for a, a while oh after and, she got away from that guy yeah and she was i mean she's hilarious it's not it's not my i don't like people that are always on like yeah. constantly oh i but I, it's impossible it's exhausting <laughs> I would say it's deeply exhausting deeply. but she's you know like it, you know we go to boxing class and be like saying outrageous things like hitting on all the men in there and and like it was very funny That's and she funny, and uh, uh, but uh but yeah, and I I think that she was like, you know, I think she was working the what what's the what's that club? Not the comedy store, but the um, Laugh Factory. Laugh Factory. I think she was working there some. But yeah, she's not a she's not at the that's the that's I guess that's the point I was trying to make is that there, I don't know that there exists a future world where people make it as a stand up. For their for stand up comedy, that you, you know, I think like you're right about that. I was like, talking with someone today about this same sort of thing, because I was talking about TikTok with someone. Uh, a friend of mine has this podcast. You know, you know, podcast, but outside, uh -uh. it's really cool. It's, it's Andrew Michon and um, oh, I can't think of their guy's name, but they have this great podcast. But obviously, it was an interactive podcast with strangers, so it kind of got shut down by the pandemic. But they've been doing putting their stuff on TikTok now. And TikTok to me, this is classic same thing as Discord. Back to go talk about that again, where it's like the interface is new, and the older you get, the harder it is to kind of like, you know, be comfortable with a new interface. Like I feel comfortable on Twitter. I feel less, slightly less comfortable on Instagram, but I still feel pretty fucking comfortable. I, I know how things work. I know what that means and stuff. But TikTok, I didn't start using Instagram un until until COVID, and I'm like, oh, I actually kind of like this. Yeah, but, I feel like sorry, to me it's much better than Twitter for me personally because I yeah. I like to do a lot of visual stuff. But with TikTok, it's like it's a whole other fucking thing where you have to play the game. The software has a game, and you have to play the software's game. Mm -hmm. Did I tell you about yeah. Instagram, how I unfollowed everybody on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told and you about that, it, right? And, and how, yeah. And how, and was it, were we talking on the phone or were we talking on a podcast? Yep, we talked on the phone about this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah say it again. I unfollowed everyone on Instagram because I was just sick of, you know, just seeing so much content. I was looking at too much stuff, and I get, like, do comparison stuff. 
So I unfollowed everyone thinking that would help. And it definitely did, right? Because I was like, okay, if I just unfollow no one, that's great. But what happens is, is Instagram, because it's a casino, mm-hmm. you don't, they don't show your content to other people if you don't follow anyone. They mm-hmm. like totally squash your personal algorithm for other people if you don't follow anyone. Because I noticed a couple of things I posted that were like really nice. And I was really proud of that I made. They're like, no one's seen this. Yeah, it's the classic yeah. case where, you know, if you go to a casino and you're playing craps, they give you free drinks. But you don't right. just get to walk around and use the <laughs> yeah. place, use the bathroom, yeah. go there. You don't get free drinks <laughs> yeah. in. It's yeah. that thing where you have to pay, you have to pay into them. So you have to pay this currency of attention into the, 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 uh, into the, um, fucking, um, what do you call it? The, uh. Right. The machine. I, but here's the thing about TikTok I learned that's crazy. So these, um, I learned that if you have over 10,000 followers on TikTok, you, they invite you into this upper level program, right? And you can start monetizing your views. But here's the fucking character. This is the cool part. Evidently, when you get invited into that community, they stop promoting your TikToks as much because they have to pay you. So they basically, they stop, if you're getting a ton of views and you join that thing, you're going to stop getting as many views because they don't want to have to fucking pay you shit. Weird. It's fucking nuts. That is interesting. Re- regarding following people on Instagram, yeah. I've, I've, I have like, I, I keep on going back and forth with curating things because I have, now I feel, follow like tons of animal stuff. Um, That's the best. Yeah. Animal stuff is always the best tons of you know like just wildlife stuff generally and then uh some um like engineering like tech um stuff like right. here's this new gadget and then like some skateboarders and stuff and so i don't i don't follow i don't keep up with uh right. comparing myself to other comics that much and uh and i like it but i i do notice like if i go to the search thing at first it was like skateboarders oh, it's changed and now and then it's like i started getting thirst trapped a little bit i love to think of myself as someone who like doesn't fall for tip magic as much just like uh, like yeah. boob trickery you know of just like gosh it got me like yeah. uh, and usually i i can be like nope i don't i don't need it I don't need it right now. And I just like, you you start, you start getting, you you know, when you, when you haven't napped and everything else and, and you're, you have the, (laughs) that, that decision fatigue, you start falling into those thirst. So it was that. And then I noticed it was also, (laughs) it was the other, the other big thing was, um, um, Oh, all right. Like red pill yeah, stuff. Man. It, like, be, because I'll click on it because I, I'm like, what is this motherfucker saying yeah. now? And then, and then it's like, oh, you must like this crap. And I'm like, no, I don't like. So then it turned into just 
butts and tip man like oh wow i like butts that can play piano i guess and and i'm like what the fuck am i did you just have that thought yeah. you like butts that play, play like i like a juicy ass that can play mozart like what thoughts am i this thing used to be like fucking tony hawk and like and and uh and and sloss yeah and now i'm just like ashamed of myself and angry and really? it like it, it can happen just that that fast well, we talk about and, we talk about all this because you're talking about how there's no more stand-up but that's the thing where i was like i was thinking about how like basically nowadays you have to work you have to do you can't just do one thing you can't just be a really good stand-up you have to fucking know all this shit and do all this other stuff because if you don't you just get left in the dust yeah yeah that's what it feels like it's going to be like you know is as now it's just um if you don't play all the instruments no one cares about like you just can't compete you can't be like the world's best cellist you have to be all this other stuff at the same time. I mean, maybe you can be, there's one world's best, but pretty much there's just not. Yeah. I mean, if you think of anyway, I mean, I mean, people like Emo Phillips or like Stephen Wright or whatever that are kind of like these introverty, like weirdos that don't really have a place on social media or care about it. And right. Like I never, my agent, my representation, that was the one thing. I was saying no to like everything else early on. I'm like not interested in acting, whatever. They were kind of like early on, like, you know, trying to figure out what to do with me because right. I didn't want to play the regular game. And like the one thing that they insisted on, they're like, oh, you know, Dane Cook, the, the, the MySpace thing, and now Facebook and Twitter, you yeah. got to get on and you got to. And I would just. I would tweet like five times a day and put these posts in and, and like, I put so much energy into it and it's like garbage, you know? And, yeah. and, and I wasn't, it wasn't advancing anything. It was taking all of my time. It started, I noticed, uh, I noticed my stand up slipping. Like I started tweeting again during quarantine. Cause one, whatever blown off some steam usually i'm ashamed of half of the things that i'm tweeting like within <laughs> seconds and then like i i don't i don't twitter is like the open mic where it's like oh it's, where it's the like open mic for the I, fucking world now i get to go on and say the things that i would never say if someone was paying me money like if if people paid tickets for this show i wouldn't be saying this crap right now but i get to take the chance on saying like this stupid political or you know whatever and blow off steam and because i like it doesn't matter i'm not going to get more followers i'm not going to get right. less followers it's going to be like i'm at where i'm going to be at and uh and Instagram's the thing where I like actually sort of try and like have have fun with. And once in a while, I'll put like a bloggish sort of thing on Facebook. And I and I hadn't. I think when we talked last, I had until COVID happened, I had taken through a three year break from social media. Yeah, and so it's I a didn't, long time. I didn't really know. I mean, I, once a month, maybe I'd make a post or something like that, but it was like my assistant would run an ad or whatever for right. me and I didn't have to deal with it. And, and when I started posting things again on Facebook, I was like, what the hell happened? 
Like this is the, the these are so dumb. Like everyone's yeah. so, I'm talking I'm not talking about like a political po I'm not talking about something divisive. I'm just saying like a goofy like somewhat cerebral joke in like having to, like I've I haven't had to explain jokes yeah. like that in like year in, and like what in the world has is it just like everyone's grandma's on here now or more what? more users more and more and more users just more and more it's people just the masses involved it's just like what we talked about at the very beginning of this whole thing we should probably close up at some point here because I don't know how much longer I can keep talking. I gotta go to the bathroom and I run out of fluids that cause me to go to the bathroom. But yeah, it's just like there's there's just so many more people involved. That to me is that whole, we've we ever talked about this the whole idea of the um. Uh, someone's asking. I had an assistant fancy. So I was I was not just a, a stand up, but I I, I was a show producer. So so not only it wasn't like you don't I have just to got defend like that. You don't have to defend. Else. It's okay to have an assistant. But I had well I also, well it's 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 also explained when we're talking about like COVID stuff. It's why I like I sort of know what I'm talking about a little bit more because my shows it was like all on me to get butts in in right. the seat and not just for my name either because of like themed shows and things like that that I was putting together so it required marketing and all this other stuff so yes I had I had a whole before covid I had a whole team of people <laughs> making sure that I uh, and that was the other thing John, when we were talking about habits mm -hmm. is that my life before this was me driving for like two to three hours a day. Oh yeah, I usually. remember talking to you about that when I, when I and you were told me your schedule. I was like, dude, I could not fucking do that at but all. But I loved it because you know what? When we were talking about productivity mm -hmm. and so when you're in a car and you're driving for like two to three, one, I was always listening to audiobooks, so it yeah. was like a lot of my, you know, learning science stuff, Can't getting ready for podcasts, and so I'm doing that. But at the same time. When I'm driving, it's like, this is all that I need to do mm -hmm. right now. When you're at home, when you're like, what do you do for productivity? It's like, well, there's a thousand things that I need to do. But yeah. when you're driving, it's like, this is, I'm doing it. The only thing I can be doing. This is exactly what I need to be doing right now. And there's just like, also, it was like always home. the most stress-free yeah. um, time. You're away from home. So you don't have to like, you don't have all these things distracting you, you know, like that kind of shit is what's, it's, what's tough is when you don't have, it's, yeah. you keep, you, that's why I love the road so much is putting tours together. Cause you're out there. All I do, do the show, sleep till about 10 or 11 exercise, mm -hmm. have lunch and do the show. It's like, you yeah. only have three things to do. Maybe write a bit for like two hours in the daytime, but basically I just exercise and I have to sleep. I sleep a lot because I have to, if I don't get enough sleep, the show's going to be bad. So mm -hmm. I'm like, sleep is so important when I'm performing to me, at least I have to fucking. Oh, know. I'm, I, I've never of, of the things that I like beat myself up for, mm -hmm. or like not getting back to people in emails or like, you know, just, just the normal avoidance stuff. Or am I really going to be disciplined to do it? But I've, I never beat myself up for, I've never been like, boy, I really slept. I, oh. I need to cut out sleeping so much. I've been sleeping I too do. much I'm bad. I'm really? Bad. Yeah. Cause it's what are, like, what's bad. What are we talking about? Like if I sleep too long, I've I, not so much anymore, but it's like a thing where 
I'm just not very good at sleeping. Honestly, I'm not like a good sleeper. I'm not like a deep sleeper. I'm not a good sleeper. I have to, um, yeah, I just, it's also like a thing where I'll feel guilty if I sleep too long because I know so many people who don't sleep that much. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like, it's like we're talking about before, like the whole anything, just force of comparison causes problems that should, that don't exist. There's mm-hmm. no problem. I can sleep as much as I want to, but because of knowing that someone else does the same thing with less, I'm like, maybe I can do that. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> when actually I don't wake up super early, I like getting up early when I have to, but I'm not going to naturally get up at six in the morning. It's just not me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. unless I'm like camping or some shit, but. Yeah, uh, I feel like I have, I have to go to the bathroom and it's going to get like... Let's wrap up. Let me yeah. plug my crap because yeah, someone just it. asked me where they can tune in. Um, so my podcast is like my main thing that I care about. Uh, yes. you know, it's, just, it's a science podcast. We sometimes have some laughs, but I call it a science podcast. And I... Uh, so I also... So I started a YouTube channel early this year, which has yet to like my speaking of not figuring out algorithms, but one of the advantages of it is that we started putting highlights of the episodes. So I recommend going to my YouTube channel and watching some highlights and then dig into some some full episodes because we run the gamut of like whether I'm going to be talking about, um, like I had a DMT episode recently, so that was super popular because people like- People love DMT. yeah, and I only have like a psychedelic episode once or twice a year, but uh, and then like check like it I out, said, put it up there. Personality research, but then we'll talk about like zebra mussels or I've had I've had like three insect episodes since COVID because insect news has been popping off in 2020 with also, like murder hornets cool and then it is cool as shit. Did you ever yeah. talk to that guy I told you about? No, okay. I should reach out. I mean, I kind of have like a favorite insect guy, but yeah, I should, uh, I should Maybe reach you should out. Try another insect guy, okay? <laughs> I'm posting. We'll your, trade uh, insect guys. I'm posting your website here on the on the stream, but you can't see it unless you, unless you can see it. But yeah, it's what is it? It's, uh, here we are, podcast.com. Oh, you liked the Sonora Desert Museum one? Oh, that's good. I was self conscious about that. One. I want to check that out. That sounds awesome. I wasn't sure I liked that one. I'm I'm like, man, I'm I'm so. Uh, do you get do you get imposter syndrome talking with like experts and stuff still, or are you? You mean like like like, like I'm an guy? idiot? Yeah, or just like uh, are worrying about asking good questions or yes yeah, and sounding no, dumb. I kind of started to realize that I'm a really good I'm really good at talking to people about stuff I'm interested in and being a yeah. good like translator so to speak like if i talk to someone about um gardening i know if i talk to an expert i know enough stuff to ask good questions but i also don't know enough so when they tell me something i don't know i'm like oh my god so i I know i I get legitimately very emotional about it and i think that's like that's my that's what i bring to it so i kind of i also really don't um i just really don't uh, care if I'm asking a dumb question because a lot of times I think it's fun to ask scientists questions that are purposefully dumb or ask questions that are like um, not like what they usually get asked about, you know? Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's the, I don't know, I just like talking to those people. I think that's like, if it, it's like being a translator in a way. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of those, that you know that guy, uh, um, Wes Larson, he's a, a bi- bear biologist, but I remember talking to him about this, and he said he does this thing where, uh, I can't think of what it's called, but it's a special for YouTube, but he talks to a lot of other scientists, and he says that a lot of scientists are super cagey because people who are non-scientists and like journalists oftentimes misinterpret stuff. So when yeah. one scientist is talking to another scientist, they tend to be more open about things because stuff gets misinterpreted so much that they, their research gets out and like, oh, he said this. It's like, no, I said this, but you thought yeah. I said, and it's like, causes problems. So yeah. I feel like it's that kind of thing where if, uh, yeah. if you get someone to let their guard down and show yeah. them that you're not trying to embarrass them, because a lot yeah. of people really think that they're, they're going to embarrass themselves on a podcast yeah. And I always tell them, you nothing you could possibly do that would be more embarrassing than the shit that I fucking do. Yeah, do yeah. Dumb shit. I, I do I've had some of my best shit. conversations after I hit after I stopped recording though with academic for oh, that very that's, thing. That's because an old they, thing. You know yeah. what? SCTV used to have that problem with John Candy. So the director uh, at SCTV, he had a trick with the cameraman. He would give them a second cut. So he'd say cut, but he knew that. The camera people knew like n- not to cut, to keep uh-huh. rolling, because that's when he would do his craziest shit. <laughs> it's just that same thing. You have that's to like, basically trick them, trick them into talking. A lot of times, I'll just start recording before they even mm-hmm. get there, and I'll just chit chat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of that's a little bit uh, a little bit uh, shady, but whatever. I like it. Yeah. Well, thank you, my friend. This has been awesome. Yeah, this is great. We talked for a long time, man. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> This is awesome. I do love this Twitch format. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Yeah, really appreciate really it. Sorry cool. if we didn't get your questions, but, you know, this is... Just, I think the thing here that's nice is that, um, you know, someone will say something. It'll make us think about something. We can talk about that and kind of go off from there. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I did. Yeah, this is great. Uh, thanks for being here, Shane. Yeah, thank you. Hope to see you in person sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Let me know in Rochester. We, we might be able to do a, a distance thing or something yeah, like we'll that. See. It'll probably be too cold, but probably. Bye. Bye.